0: The law in the Old Testament has 613 commandments. Turn to your neighbor and say 613. They deal with all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Every category of life is dealt with in the law. 613 commandments. One of the major categories that's dealt with in the law is food. Now I'm not here this morning to talk about dietary restrictions. I'm not even here in January to talk about diets. I don't even want to be on the record as having said the word "diet" three three weeks into the year, because I don't want to get on y'all's bad side about that. There's a lot of Old Testament laws forbidding the Israelites to eat certain kinds of food, but in the New Covenant, uh, the New Testament makes abundantly clear that all food is clean. Jesus said it. The apostles said it. They said it in their letters, and uh, in the Galatians even says, Paul even asks, why the law? Why do we even need the law then? Well, the law in the Old Testament, all these 613 laws were designed to bring us to Christ. To bring us to the new covenant. To bring us to the point where we can understand who God is and what his expectations are. And that we can be born again of the water and of the spirit. And if you've never been born again of the water and of the spirit, today's your day. If you've never been obedient to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and let God have a place in your life where he dwells with you all of the time, that's an experience you can have today. Amen? Amen. Amen. But these laws were meant to teach us something. There's principles. And I'm not going to talk about, like I said, I'm not going to talk about dietary restrictions, but one of these laws has to deal with that, and I want to turn your attention to it today. Exodus chapter 22, verse 31 In the New King James Version, it says this, and you shall be holy men to me. You shall not eat meat torn by beasts in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. The New Living Translation renders it this way You must be my holy people. Therefore, do wild animals throw it to the dogs. I want to minister from that text about. Uh, this thought this morning because you belong to God because you belong to God can we set our Bibles down and go to the Lord in prayer right now and ask the Lord to anoint us today in the name of Jesus I pray that there would just be a supernatural presence of your spirit that's here in this place for these next several moments God Lord, your word is anointed and powerful. I pray that you would anoint our minds and anoint our ears to hear it. Give us understanding of what your word would say to us today. And Lord, draw us even closer to you than we've ever been. Make us more like you than we've ever been. Lord, we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Because you belong to God. I'm gonna be honest with you on any given day, you might drive by my house and you might notice that I have three big dogs, three big Great Pyrenees dogs. and You might notice that my dogs have an affinity for dragging up carcasses of dead things into my yard it's not the way I choose to decorate my yard but it is the way my yard many times is decorated nonetheless every couple weeks I got to go through and I got to toss dead stuff into the back it's gross I know it's very nasty but I'm the one that has to do it my girls aren't gonna do it I know that they may pick up rocks out of the yard but they ain't gonna pick up dead things out of the yard that job falls to dad You could drive by even right now. I'm in between pickups. You could drive by even this morning, Sister Hannah, and you could see very disgustingly that there are some things that have been drug into my yard, and it is a nasty state of affairs, and I'm not proud of it, but that is the way that it is. Maybe some of you deal with the same kind of things. Maybe your dogs try to impress you. Uh, I, think that's, I think it's coming for the healing from a place of love. I think they really want to impress me. Regardless of their motivation, Sister Caitlin, it is the reality, and it is inescapable. The commandment that I read in your hearing this morning from Exodus chapter 22, verse 31, basically amounts to don't eat roadkill. There was a category of meat, a category of of something that was technically edible in the Old Testament that was called carrion. It was was carcasses. And while it was technically edible, the Lord gave His people a simple commandment to stay away from it and to not participate in it. Now, there was no one in those days, even though this law was on the books, there was no one in those days who was running a roadkill patrol, who was going from village to village Making sure that shepherds and, and, and people weren't picking up things that were outlaying and feeding them to themselves and cooking them up for their families. There was nobody performing that task in these days in the Old Testament. And so there was no one preventing a shepherd or an ordinary citizen from barbecuing the remains of a dead lamb or something that had been torn up by dead animals, some form of roadkill. There was no food patrol that was policing people's eating patterns during those days, even though this law was very real and this law was definitely on the books. It was part of God's call to his people to be separate and holy from the rest of the way that the world was living. And God told his people, because you belong to me, I'm going to call you to be a holy people. I'm going to call you to be a separated people. And part of that is there are some things that you don't have any business consuming. Even though it might technically be edible. Even though it might be available sometimes. There are things that you have no business digging through and eating. It's one thing to be holy when people are watching. But it's another thing to aspire to holiness when it's just you or when you're just around the kitchen table or when you're just with your loved ones and your closest companions and nobody else is watching and the scorecard isn't out and there's no one policing your habits and the patterns of your life. Brothers and sisters, it's a different thing entirely to say, because I belong to him, I'm going to live holy and separate and not participate in some things. There was material that was available to them that was not fit for human consumption. There were things that were laying around on the side of the road and things that were available to them that they had no business digging into and finding out what it was all about. They said, instead, when you come across those things, throw them to the dogs. Brother Hunter, my dogs would enjoy it. But there's not a single moment that I would feed it to my children. There's not a single moment when I would invite it into my kitchen table. Why does the Old Testament contain this prohibition against eating what amounts to roadkill? It's scriptures like Exodus chapter 22 verse 31 that reflect this. That in the new covenant, the time we live in right now, though we may not be bound by a set of dietary restrictions like they were under the old covenant. In the new covenant, there is a holiness about our lives that includes letting the Lord be part of our life over every part of our life. God wants holiness. God loves you so much that he will give you principles and commandments to live by. God is holy in all of his ways. And because we are called to be like him, we are called to be holy. And because we know that God loves us, we know that his call to holiness must be in our best interest. Because God loves us so much, he wouldn't call us into something that was going to harm us. He wouldn't call us into something that would cause us to miss out on something good and pleasing to him. And I want to tell you this morning, somebody under the sound of my voice needs to hear what I'm about to say. God loves you. God loves you. It doesn't matter how hard life's been lately or how unfair things have been or how twisted things have gotten. God loves you. God is reaching for you. God is relentless after you and he wants to invite you to his table. He wants you to have a seat at his table. He wants to invite you to good things and pleasant things and pleasing things because he loves you just like a parent loves their child. God wants the very best for you. If you've ever, if you're a parent, you know that that love that God has for us as a father loves a son or a daughter. how powerful that is. and how there's things that, if you have a son or a daughter, there's things that you would not want them to participate in, Brother Walker. Just the other day at my house, the young man Abel, age two, got a hold of a container of Vick's vapor rub. It was closed, Brother Joe, but there was one of my other children who will remain nameless was using it and left a lot of it, Brother Daryl, on the outside of the container, and the young man, Abel, got a hold of it, and he, I guess it was a pleasing smell to him, and he decided that he wanted to try out some of it in his mouth. And if you've ever used Vicks Vapor Rub, it is for exterior use only. And I would not recommend ingesting any of it. And the young man came into the living room, and he, he was a little bit alarmed. Uh, he wasn't in danger, but he'd gotten enough of that on the inside of his mouth to where he was experiencing a sensation of some kind. And he was in search of something to drink and to wash it down because he had recognized that he had gotten into something that he didn't need to be getting into, Brother Elledge. He didn't have any business getting into a, a valuable lesson that day. Now, I didn't have to tell the young man. I did tell him, don't eat that. But at that point, Brother Hunter, I didn't have to tell him not to eat it. That commandment was a little bit unnecessary. And I feel that way a little bit about Exodus chapter 22, verse 31. I don't need a commandment for that particular thing. But what it does is it reflects God's call to holiness on my life. And it tells me how much he loves me. That there are things that I shouldn't participate in. Things I shouldn't get a hold of that are going to harm me. Things that are going to do things from the inside of me that don't need to happen. God wants me to stay away from those things. Doesn't want me to participate in them. I'm here to tell you this morning, there are two tables. There's two options. There's a table and there's a sack of trash and we all have to decide, what am I going to allow myself to participate in? I know which table I'm going to eat off of. I know that if God offers me something from His table, that I'm going to participate in what He has for me. I don't have any desire to go over there and start pulling things out of a ditch or start looking for carcasses or trash or dead things that are offered by this world. I don't have any idea About how I don't want to participate in any of that. And there may be some things, and this is the way it is. If you're doing any Bible reading and you start at the beginning, you may have gotten into some of the law already. And there's some things in the law, and there might be some things in living for God today that show up on God's table that are what He is offering for us. When He says, I've got holiness for you, and I've got a lifestyle that's different for you, there might be some things that show up on that table that you don't know what it is might seem a little different you ever pulled up to a table and there's something there's a dish some kind of something on there that you're not even sure what that is I'm not even sure what to make of that. There's some things that God requires of me that I'll be honest with you. They may go against my sensibilities. They may go against what my flesh even wants. And they, I may look at them and say, I don't understand what that's all about. But when I look at it and I know where it came from and I know it originates in a God that loves me and what's the best for me. Brother Billy, it doesn't matter if I understand the what or the why, but all I gotta know is where it came from. It didn't come from a place of dead things. It didn't come from the leftovers of the enemy's table but it's a God who loves me and is reaching for me and even if I don't understand it and even if the holiness that God says I need to perform in my life goes against the grain even if it's difficult I know it comes from a place of a God that loves me And I can do it because I belong to him. Can I tell you this morning that Satan is so subtle. Satan has such a grip on people. Because there's people all over this world and there's tragically even people of God that Satan is convincing to dig through the trash of this world. And participate in things that aren't good for them at all. There's nothing Satan enjoys more than seeing a child of God drag a carcass around, dragging a carcass to the kitchen. Because he knows that that's a person who's forgotten that you have a holy calling on your life and that you have a heavenly Father who loves you. God loves you and you can live holy because you belong to him. I'm going somewhere this morning. Let me ask you a question. Why would you care to line up with the rest of God's moral law? Why would you care to say, I'm going to center my life on something that is is related to God? Things like do not steal, do not murder, do not bear false witness and lie. Why would you... Go through the efforts of aligning yourself with that moral point of reference and say, I believe those things. That's the worldview I have. That's the way that I believe the world should be ordered. Why would you go through efforts to say, I'm going to forsake all the nonsense of the world, and I'm going to stand on these things, but then decide that I can eat roadkill if I want to? Why would we take a stand for God in the big things, in the public things, but in private, in the small things? We allow ourselves to pull around carcasses and to partake of things that we ought not to partake of. God forbid any child of God would say, I'm going to allow those things into my life. I want to tell somebody this morning that you're being affected by what you're consuming. And if you've been consuming the things of this world, if you've been consuming garbage and carcasses, it doesn't have to be that way. Because you belong to God. The law was a symbol of the relationship that God didn't just want to have with a group of priests, but He wanted His entire people to be a nation of priests. God wanted all of His people to be holy in the big things and in the small things. In the obvious things and in the not so obvious things. These are the things that can pollute our spirit. These are the kinds of things that if we allow them in, they'll start to disturb our relationship with God. In the Old Testament, when they would eat those dead carcasses and they would start to partake of those things, there were multiple reasons why it was not advisable. The first is, it still had the blood in it. And they weren't allowed to eat the blood. The blood had to be drained as part of the law. So ceremonially, lawfully, that eliminated the possibility of them eating that and being pleasing to God. But then there was health reasons that were involved. Because, I mean, and I don't want to get gross, but there's health reasons. There's bacteria. There's parasites. There's things that were present in there that you might not be able to see with your naked eye. Is everyone following me this morning? There were things that were in there that maybe they couldn't discern with just their regular natural faculties. Maybe it looked like technically this is that. Technically, I'm not going to get harmed by this. But there was back on a bacterial level, on a parasitic level, there were things that they didn't need to be ingesting. That once it got inside of them, it started to do something on the inside of them that destroyed them. Third, if none of that, if those first two things didn't matter. Third, it was just, this feels like the most unnecessary commandment in the Bible. And if you said this morning, if you said, Brother Dustin, you're talking about holiness today. And you're talking about a God who loves me. And you're saying that there's some ways that I have to live. That the Lord wants me to live holy unto him. And and you said, you know, Brother Dustin, I, I, I hear you, but I'm not under the law. And I don't have to live the way that they did back then. And I can take and eat whatever I want to. And it's not sinful for me. And I would be forced to concede that you're correct on those facts. That there are no dietary restrictions. And there are, no, there are none of those. Some of these Old Testament laws are not directly applicable to you today. But I would tell you that there is a principle here of God's love and holiness And I would tell you that just because maybe it's not sin for you today doesn't mean it's not stupid. Just because it's technically available to you doesn't mean that it's advisable. What's the Apostle Paul say? He said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. I'm talking to a group of established, mature saints of God today that know the difference between something that is pleasing to God and something that is not pleasing to God. There's nothing smart about consuming what you know to be wrong. Recognize this morning I'm not talking about the letter of the law, but I'm talking about the spirit of the law. There's nothing wise about allowing your children to engage with things that entertain them but are going to confuse them. There's nothing wise about dressing yourself in clothes that belong to the opposite gender or presenting yourself in a way that's immodest. There's there's enough confusion in the world today. And if we have any lines that are drawn and sharp in our lives, they ought to be the lines of gender distinction. They ought to be the lines of what kind of things we'll allow ourselves to consume as entertainment. There's nothing smart about listening to filthy music and watching filthy shows. There's nothing wise about that even though it's technically available and it's out there with just the click of a button. There's nothing wise about it. And to the person that would say, I can't live for God with all of these rules, I would say, are you kidding me? It's the equivalent of eating roadkill. You can't have a revelation of how much God loves you and still have the all these rules mentality. If you scoff at holiness and say, you know what, that's not for me, or that's just optional for my household, or I might live that way, you haven't had a revelation of how much God loves you. He's calling you higher. Paul wrote to the Corinthians. We've been reading First and Second Corinthians. And Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, to the church of God, who is at Corinth, those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. What's that word saints mean? It means sanctified folks. It means holy people. You have a calling on your life. You have a calling on your life, and it's a holy calling from a God who loves you and died for you. And just like the book of Exodus and the law in the Old Testament deals with so many issues, it deals with dietary issues, it deals with sexual issues, it deals with all kinds of things. Paul wrote to the Corinthians under the New Covenant, and he deals with the same kinds of issues. He deals with division and disunity. He deals with sexual immorality. Confusion about gender roles, ignorance of spiritual gifts, Christians bringing lawsuits against one another, issues in people's marriage, people that were marginalizing and mistreating the less fortunate, people that were tolerating false doctrine on essential topics. And they were holiness issues for Paul. And Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he started off his letter and says, I'm going to deal with some of these things, some of these practical things of life. And I'm able to do it from the vantage point of you belonging to God. You're called to be saints. You're called to be holy. You're called to live holy in the practical things of life. Paul would write in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you were bought at a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We're called to be saints. We're called to be holy. We're bought at a price. And the reason that God can impose His will and the reason that God can call us and say, there's a holiness lifestyle, there's a holiness standard that I want you to hold on to that's not like the way that the world is living. It's not an arbitrary set of rules, but it's because you belong to Him. Because He bought you at a price and the price was His own blood same issues to the corinthians under the new covenant you'll find over and over and over again in the letters to the corinthians that everything paul says and every commandment paul gives for living is centered on the cross of jesus christ he says because of the cross you don't have to do those things because of the cross you don't have to be confused anymore because of the cross you don't have to partake in those things that are going to pollute you on the inside maybe you don't have a discernment about what's really going on but because of the cross i'm going to give you some things and some lifestyle tips some things that you can live by that are not going to harm you but they're going to help you live according to your calling and the danger that we're in as a church today, not this church, but the church. Is that we want the message of God loves me. We want the message of I was bought at a price. But we don't want the therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are His. I can't speak for everybody But I can tell you that there came a point, Sister D, in my revelation of uh, my relationship with God, that I really gained a revelation that I don't belong to me anymore, Brother Anderson. That my opinions don't matter. That my I'm not, listen, this isn't me trying to say we're gonna start being controlling on everybody's life, but I'm here to tell you that if it's in the book, I wanna live it. If it's in the book, I want to live it. If someone in the Holy Ghost is talking about it and teaching it and it convicts them, the Holy Ghost convicts me, I want to live it. Because I don't belong to me anymore. I know. What I feel here today is the spirit of the age. The spirit of the age is hyper-individualism. The spirit of the age is, no one gets to tell me what to do. And I know that this message has never been popular. And I know that this message has never been less popular than it is today. Because there's so many voices in our world. And there's so many opinions, and everybody has to be taken ser- Can I tell you something that someone told me once? Everyone has the right to say what they think, but not everyone has the right to be taken seriously. <laughs> and there's a whole lot of voices out there that are saying what they think. What does God think? What does God think? And not just because he's God. That would be reason enough, Brother Jeremy. Just because he's God. But it's not even only that. It's because I belong to him. And because I belong to him, because I was bought at that high price, it's what he says is the only thing that really matters. There are things laying around in this world that we have no business consuming. There are things that the world is offering today, brothers and sisters. Hear me, you don't need to taste it to know that it's roadkill. The predators of this world are tearing apart and hunting. And sometimes there's a part of our flesh and our human nature that wants to participate and wants to take a bite and wants to see what anything tastes like. But because you belong to God, there are better invitations available. The psalmist understood this when he wrote, Oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Talking to a child of God today. Telling you, you don't have to settle. You don't have to settle for table scraps. You don't have to settle for roadkill. You don't have to settle for carcasses. Because you belong to him, you get to eat at his table. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. You don't have to search the land for scraps as the musicians come. You don't have to consume the rotten things of this world. And someone this morning, under the sound of my voice, you need to clean out your spiritual pantry today. Because you've been ingesting things that are unfit for a child of God. And I'm bringing to your remembrance this morning your holy calling and your consecrated identity. If you are hungry today, God can meet your need. The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2. Wrote about Jesus who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. How do I die to sin? You die to sin when you repent of your sin and you say, God, forgive me. I've done wrong. I'm sorry that I've done wrong and I'm not going to do it again and I'm going to go this other direction. And when you start to die to sin, you can do what I talked about a moment ago. You can experience a new birth. You can be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And when you're baptized in the name of Jesus and you're filled with the gift of God's Spirit, what you're doing is you're following in the pattern of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you're saying, I belong to Him. Let's all stand. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. This morning, I don't for a single moment want you to think that I'm scaring you to God's table of holiness. I don't want you to think for a single second that I'm shaming you towards God's table of holiness. I want you to understand today that God is calling you to holiness. And there is a God who loves you and is calling you to a holy lifestyle that is pleasing to Him, where you will experience blessing and favor with God that you've never yet imagined. I know which table I'm going to eat off of. Can we lift up our hands right now in the house of the Lord? The Spirit of the Lord is here right now. There's conviction. There's a ministering power of the Holy Ghost that's here right now. The Lord is speaking directly to people. These altars are open right now. I want to invite you to come. I want our leaders to come. I want want the saints of God to come. I want family members to come. I want moms and dads to lead the way right now and say, you know what? I'm going to find a place and I'm going to consecrate. I'm going to find a place and I'm going to make it right. I'm going to find a place and I'm going to clean some things out. Can you hear that call? Can you hear that call of the Spirit right now? Come on, there needs to be moms and dads and and, and, and aunts and uncles. There needs to be our pillars and our saints and our seasoned saints of the church that move and that know there is a difference between the way that the world lives and the way that God's calling me to live come on there needs to be somebody who brings a grandchild or a child to this altar and teaches them what consecration is all about and lets them understand we belong to Jesus we belong to Jesus come on if you have to do the hard work of separating yourself from some things this morning you can do it because you belong to God Come on, if you have to make a hard stand on something, if you have to do a clean out right now, if you need to hit your knees and let the tears flow and let repentance happen, it's worth it because you belong to Him and He loves you and He's not content to allow you to participate unaddressed in the things of this world, but His Spirit is going to minister to you on a personal level. Oh, would somebody answer the call this morning?